you're listening to the CZ of Movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. Joining me live from San Diego uh, is Zijan the Z. <laughs> <Hello, Zijan. laughs> yes, live in sunny San Diego. <laughs> yeah. It's... How's um uh, how's how's San Diego? Yeah, very hot. I think. Excellent. <laughs> that, that's that's plausible. Uh, I'm sure we've done this. We I've done this hilarious joke every year. Um, we're not live, and we're not in San Diego. We're, we wish, right? We're, we're in Britain. Oh uh, well, one of these years we'll we'll go to San Diego Comic Con season, and we can. Uh, what would you What would you cosplay as if you went to a San Diego Comic Con? Ooh, ooh, that's oh! I've just sprung this on I you. I know, right? That's so. Oh, this all the blue. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to hold you to this. You can change your mind <laughs> later if you want. Cosplaying is an art. Like I need to pay, I need to put a lot of thought into this, Colin. Like okay. you can't just tell me this straight away I and then like. Leave um, on it. But there's some really good ones. Did you see the one where they did the Wonder Vision one? No. Where um, it's a couple, but half of it was in the '70s look. So they painted half oh. their body as a seventies. Oh, look like the um, the poster. Yeah, and the other half was the, the character look. So that was quite cool. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, that's very good. So yeah, so you want to go something more exciting than just like you're going with Spider Man or something? You want you want something a bit more? Yeah, right? I think so. Right, like you want to put more effort in. Like anyone can dress as Spider Man. We saw someone in a Spider Man costume and watched the Spider Man film. That's true. You can buy you can buy a Spider Man suit <laughs> in the shops. Um, I'm going to go as. Um, uh, as Peter Parker from Into Spider Verse, but when he's kind of mid blip, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I'm going to do. That's, uh... that's very specific. Yeah. Uh, anyway, today we are talking a little bit about San Diego Comic Con, all the news uh, that's come through from there. Lots of exciting uh, announcements. Not uh, not everything revealed, but uh, plenty of stuff there. Marvel there, of course, um, among others. We're going to talk about the films of Rafe Spall, which we didn't manage to do last time. Uh, but our main topic is talking about through 2012 in film. Uh, and we've got a quiz on Spielberg films of the noughties. Lots to ha- lot, lots happening, lots happening. As we record, Zijan, mm-hmm. it's the final ever episode of Neighbours is going to be kicking off. Yeah, Margot Robbie is so, uh, starring it. Mm, she's turning up. Mm. So um, I've, I've set that to record so I can enjoy that uh, after we've finished. Yeah, I'm not. No, fair enough. I, I used to watch Neighbours. Uh, I stopped watching it in 2005, I think, 2006 maybe. Um so I'm a bit I'm a bit behind. Uh, Zijan, we're going to talk movie news first. That is not San Diego Comic Con related. What have you got for us? Yep, um, the Tomb Raider movie rights are now up for grabs. Apparently, let's let's get them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean it's not like they have the best uh, history ever. So MGM no longer holds the rights to produce the Tomb Raider film franchise. A bidding battle is underway. Clearly, um, I don't how think we have enough money to do this. No, how much? How, how much do we need? I don't know, millions, billions. Uh, who knows? Probably, probably hundreds of millions. Because yes, MGM got bought by Amazon, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, they were always intending to make a film. I guess they just forgot. Uh. Uh, I know a sequel supposed to be uh, supposed. Well, there's supposed to be a sequel for it, but uh, I think I hear that Alicia Vikander's role is going to be recast as well. Um, really? Yeah. So she she was the only good thing they had going for it, wasn't well, it? Wow, that yeah. film was awful in general. Yeah, I mean, it was just so bland, wasn't it? It was nothing. Um, but yeah, I, I like her as an actress, and uh, I, I just thought they want to hang on to her. But, but maybe uh, maybe she's too old now that she's what twenty eight or something. Yeah, <laughs> too old in Hollywood standards. Yeah, uh, we're probably going to get a Tomb Raider prequel. I reckon we're going to get a Tomb Raider prequel. That is quite likely as well, given that the, the latest, the newer games are always of a younger Lara Croft anyway. So, I mean, the whole point of the whole reboot was because they wanted a younger Lara Croft. That's mm. why you got Alicia Vikander to begin with. She, she ended the film with holding two guns and like, I'll take two. And we were like, yeah, that may be something from the game. I don't remember. I've not played it in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've played that when I was a teenager. Anyway. Okay, fine. So, what does MGM have apart from James Bond? I thought basically that was their second biggest jewel in the crown. I thought, but yeah. Uh, surprising news, Zijan, from uh, from the world of DC, where it turns out uh, Ben Affleck is coming back to play Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, in Aquaman two. This is news that DC did not want to uh, let the world know. I think, but apparently. <laughs> Uh, Jason Momoa was visiting um, Ben Affleck in his trailer on the on the on the studio lot when a studio tour came past <laughs> and saw him. So um, so he they they basically I think I had B A written on the on the trailer and they figured out it was Ben Affleck. Wow! And uh, he, Jason Momoa then filmed himself 
kind of laughing and greeting this group and then um, wandering into the trailer where you got a brief glimpse of Ben Affleck on the phone and then he put it all on Instagram. I thought Ben Affleck's given up on this whole thing, franchise. Well, we all thought he had, so we knew he was going to rock up in The Flash if that ever actually comes out. Uh, but he was fairly clear he didn't want to do it anymore and um, who knows how big a role it is. Uh, I think originally... Aquaman 2 was supposed to come out after The Flash and now it's coming out before so there's a suggestion that maybe it's just going to be a cameo because you can't have the Michael Keaton version in yet. Yeah. It's a big old mess, isn't it? Well, I mean, this publicity, this kind of publicity is probably, you know, the kind that Warner Brothers don't mind having anyway given what they've been faced for the past couple of months. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a weird one because you, you, you just thought they'd want to stage manage it. I mean, they would have loved to announce this at Comic-Con, I'd have thought. Yeah, well. You'd, you'd have got a big response if you just said, and playing Bruce Wayne is Ben Affleck and people have gone nuts for it. But. Well, next time don't put your actors' initials on trailers then. Well, that's the mistake, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, how, how difficult would it... I mean, it's not a very clever code, is it? It's like, well, we can't put Ben Affleck. We don't want people to figure it out. We'll just put BA then. No BA one on this Ackerman No one can tell. On this lot. Goodness me. Yeah. Oh, well. Could have, been, could have been Barry Allen, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what other news I have? Not many. Um, Taron Egerton is starring in a new thriller called Carry On. Nothing to do with the Carry On series. No. Apparently, that's very popular here, which I've not seen before. Uh, I've only seen clips, and it's, yeah, it's not stood the test of time. Mm. So Taron Egerton is playing uh, Ethan Kopeck, a young TSA agent who gets blackmailed by a mysterious traveller to let a dangerous package slip through security and onto a Christmas Day flight. Who the mysterious traveller could be? Could it be Santa? Who knows? (laughs) No? (laughs) You think it it might be Santa? Santa wants a dangerous package to go through on a Christmas Day flight. I mean, it could be one. Mm, It it could be a surprise Christmas movie. It could be the Santa Claus sequel. We we can't rule that out. I think, Santa Claus, I, think, I think there's been several Santa Claus sequels already. Um, you know, I, I read about this. I mean, my, my main thought wasn't um, it could be Santa. My main thought is you can bribe them all you like. It's not going to get onto the plane. It's going to get lost somewhere in the airport. So that's why I'm just with packages at airports these days. Yeah, if you want to be realistic about it. But mm. we go watch movies to get away from all of this, right? That's true. I um, I was listening to a Tarot Legiton interview uh, the other day. Oh, in fact, today, this very day. And uh, he's going to be in the Tetris movie. And I got so excited that the Tetris movie is finally happening. It turns out this is not the Tetris trilogy we were promised. But there's a film being made, which apparently has been was announced two years ago. I just didn't notice. Yeah, I'm sure we uh, spoke about this before. <laughs> you, but about the origins of Tetris. Yeah. Have you talked about this? Yeah. Uh, fine. Did we know Taron Egerton was starring in yes. it? Yes. Well, oh my go. God, this is old news, man. I had no idea, even if I, even if you you or maybe even I said it on the podcast. Wow, <laughs> I'm getting old, and I can't remember things. Anyway, I just, I rediscovered that today, and I look forward to rediscovering it again. In okay, a couple of years okay, time. I'll remind you guys, remind <laughs> remind Colin about this as well, please. Um, we're getting a uh, a Creed spinoff, which I think technically is therefore a Rocky spinoff spinoff. Um, about Ivan Drago, as played by Dolph Lundgren, he played a big part in Creed Two. Uh, and apparently we're getting uh, we're getting the expanded universe even further. Yeah. Uh, Creed three is coming. Is it later this year or maybe next year? Uh, which is going to be directed by Michael B. Jordan. Uh, so I don't, don't know whether he'll be featuring this or whether Sly will be featuring in this or, or whether it's completely separate. But uh, it seems maybe they've waited a bit too long. I'd thought if you wanted to get in on the Creed two buzz, yeah. but I guess if Creed three does as well, then uh, then why not? Why not? Um, well, I'd watch it. Yeah, well, I watched Creed 3 because I enjoyed the first two Creed films. I may not mm. watch the spin-off. Yeah, maybe. I think I probably would, but um, unless it gets really bad reviews. Mm. Uh, speaking of spin-offs again, uh, The Grey Man, uh, which is out on mm. Netflix right now, is also getting a spin-off and a sequel. Um, the Russo Brothers will be directing the sequel. Um, and the spin-off, I believe... Um, they're getting Deadpool and Zombieland duo Red Reese and Paul Wernick to write that one. Um, oh, yeah, so right. no one knows uh, who will be featured in the spin-off. Um, but yeah, there you go. I would have thought Another Armus is most likely. Although, just because... Have you seen The Grey Man? Yeah, I saw The Grey Man. We'll, we'll, yeah. How do you manage that? Um, anyway, uh, she doesn't have a huge amount to do. Yeah. 
compared to the level of stardom she has risen to. So I did think maybe she was in it because they said, you know what, do this and we'll give you a spin-off. Because it got announced very, very quickly. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, who's watching Netflix nowadays anyway? Who knows what the viewers are gunning for? I, I have no idea how... They, they probably have statistics to tell them how popular these these programs are. But, mm. but given how lackluster, in general, the, the offerings of Netflix is, I mean, like, even something like The Great Man comes up because of the, ca- the star casting in it, it's just, you know... It doesn't really say that it's a good film or anything, does it? Oh, I, I, are you covering this in Desir Not to Z? Or yeah, I probably we... will as well, so we okay. can cover it. We, we'll, we'll get to it then. Um, cool, that's all the that's all the non-San Diego news I had. Did you have anything else? No, nope, that's me done as well. Cool. Um, well then, San Diego Comic Con. We had, uh, say, Marvel, I think, were the biggest sellers, but they've not, they kept saying they've not been there for... <laughs> Over a thousand days, because um, we, we kind of assumed that Marvel were done with Comic-Con, because they've got D23 where they do their own stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they came back, and uh, there, were, there were other panels there. DC turned up to say, we still don't have anything, but here's The Rock. Well, we're still trying to be relevant-ish. Uh, I mean, how long ago was it when they first showed the Flash teaser? Uh, Four years ago, maybe? Yeah. Oh, dear. I do feel sorry for them. They seem to be getting their act together, and then it all fell apart again. Um, but they, they had The Rock just going, come and see my movie. There were I'm, quite a bit of complaints about the uh, San Diego Comic Con being that there were a lot of shows that were live streams rather than actual cast members being there. All right. Uh, which I thought was a bit of a cop-out. Imagine like you're going there to see like the, mm. the actors of your favorite show. Um, and then you turn out there, and there's a giant screen in front of you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, we should get, you can watch at home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think a lot of DC fans had convinced themselves that Henry Cavill was turning up. Ah. Um, and obviously he didn't. Although rumour has it that um, he pulled out because he had COVID and he actually was due to come up, but who knows if that's true. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I find... So it does seem that they might be building the universe around Dwayne Johnson now. It seems such a weird choice. Because, I mean, Black Adam is not a character I'd really heard of before. And he's he's a character who's defined as being a Shazam villain yep. I mean, he, he wears the same costume but in a different color and shazam isn't a big i mean he's not one of the, the big five or so of their dc slate just so say so yeah, our main guy is now the villain of a guy that you probably hadn't heard of uh, it's mad nah I, I mean they just lost the plot now at this point they, they, they could just do with another reboot well that was what the flash was supposed to be uh, wasn't another it another reboot they, then. yeah they need to re-reboot yeah i mean we've talked the flash to death and it would be fascinating to see if they ever actually really what i did find interesting actually is that they had the shazam 2 trailer and uh that included a brief clip of of uh ben affleck and uh was it uh, wonder woman maybe and and um and the flash but you couldn't really see the flash's face and it was yeah we're not sure about this uh oh dear uh, but let's talk Marvel, shall we? Yeah, let's go Marvel. I think the main bit of news is basically, to all Marvel fans out there, you probably know this already, the announcement of Marvel Phases 4 to 6. Mm, AKA the Multiverse Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who didn't know, the first three phases, uh, starting with Iron Man and ending with Avengers Endgame. Was it Avengers Endgame or Spider-Man No Way Home? I think it was Spider-Man No Way Home. Was yeah. uh, the Infinity Saga. Well, could it be? Oh, I don't know, actually. Because I'm thinking, surely surely Spider-Man No Way Home must be in the multiverse saga. You think so, Anyway, right? yeah. wherever it, wherever it <laughs> Somewhere there. <laughs> but yeah, we've got Marvel's Phase 4 to 6. Um, so Phase 4 will end this November. With uh, Black Panther's Wakanda Forever, they've also shown the trailer as well on San Diego Comic Con. We don't speak about trailers on this podcast, really. Not really. Not really. Um, but yeah, you'll end with that. Yeah. So that, that's the end of a four, and then five. There's not a lot we didn't already know. No. I mean, probably some dates we didn't have. Um, what well, I think the only thing we didn't know from film wise from uh, from Phase Five is that Captain America th- uh, four. Is now going to be called Captain America: New World Order. Uh, so I think that's that's. Uh, I, I don't don't know if New World Order rings any comic book bells. That doesn't mean anything to me. No, nothing. Uh, nothing no. rings. <laughs> no. Um, so obviously that's the one where uh, Sam Wilson is the new Captain America, which um, we all knew already. But there you go. He's um, that's, that's confirmed. So uh, yeah, so we've got dates for 
Blade, for example. Yeah. Um, and the Marvels. And Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, yes, which uh, they announced it as, a, as a big deal, um, which I'm looking forward to, but I think, didn't we already already know about this? Yeah. Um, Maybe it was leaked, I don't know. Could be. But yeah, Thunderbolts will end Phase 5 on the 28th of July, 2024. Mm, it's the 26th here, but who knows. Mm. And then Phase 6 begins. Uh, they didn't announce um, many things about Phase 6 yet, apart from probably the biggest bombshells, uh, it starts with Fantastic Four. Yeah, uh, again, so I'm now wondering, I, I corrected you, or I didn't correct, I said the different day there, but I'm reading this webpage where they've got some of the other stuff wrong, so, uh, you know. Yeah, don't uh, listen but, yeah. to Colin, basically, always don't listen, listen to me. me. Uh, don't, don't listen to Esquire.com, where I'm getting my information. Yeah, from. don't listen to Colin at all. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Fantastic Four will kick off the Phase 6 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Um it will kick off shooting next year, which is awesome because we'll start finding out who will play the Fab Four, really. Because um, mm. they haven't actually cast them yet, I don't think. Not, not as far as I'm aware of. So mm. I'd be fairly confident now that it's not going to be John Krasinski. Um, I think that was just a bit of fan casting for, for Doctor Strange. Uh, and then the only other phase six we've had announced are the two Avengers films ending it, which um, those are both new announcements. Um, the first of which being called The Kang Dynasty, and the second of which, which is released, Sijan, on my 40th birthday. Wow. Uh, is uh, Avengers Secret Wars. It's like they which, know. Uh, we had already speculated that Secret Wars is probably where they were going, and uh, I can't take too much credit for that, but that, that, that is true. My My twin brother, Simon, who you know, uh, says he will not be happy with me if I spend our 40th birthday watching uh, a superhero film. Oh, Colin. Um, I'm obviously going to be watching this on the day of release. There's no... Of course, right. Uh, that's, that's non-negotiable. Um, so he's very welcome to join me. <laughs> uh, if, if, he, if he wants to spend our birthday together. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll spend the rest of the birthday with him. Uh, but it's up to him if he wants to join me. In I mean, it's only like three and a half hours anyway. Well, you know, it's how long it'll be. Uh, we quite often get them a day early in this country, or maybe not the Avengers ones, but um, it's possible that uh, they'll... Sh- I mean, to be honest, every time they've announced the timeline, they've then shifted it like mad, haven't they? So you wouldn't expect this to be set in stone. Uh, but there you go. I, I, the, Kang, I think we already had guessed, was the uh, the main villain of, of this saga. Uh, we know now that he's going to be in Ant-Man... And the Wasp Quantumania, which I don't think we knew before. Lang versus Kang. Is a, uh, what do you think of uh, of Kang as a, as a, as the main villain? I mean, like we haven't seen much of him yet, right? For those who don't know, he he appeared at the end of Loki. Um, and Kang, by if I remember my copy books clearly, he's he's a time traveler, and mm. he he just has like lots of uh, you know. He, he, he doesn't have any superpowers, but he just have uh, an arsenal of like very futuristic weapons, which are uh, and lots of lots of variants. So we 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 kind of met him in Loki. We we met a was it he who remains? I think it was called. Who basically whose job it was was to stop all the other variants, and then when they got rid of him, he's like, well, so he he was kind of the good version of Kang, I suppose. And we're gonna get the uh, the bad one. Because, I mean, Thanos obviously being the big villain of the previous one. We saw him in the Guardians films, and we saw him, well, one of the Guardians films at least. I can't remember if it's both of them. And we saw him in some post credit stuff, but we didn't really see much uh, of him. So, interesting that we're going to see more of Kang this time. Potentially. Before, right? uh, what are you looking forward to most? Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to the Thunderbolts. I think that's going to be a fun one. Hmm. Uh, if, if they're kind of reteaming old old villains, I think that's a nice idea. Uh, in terms of films, obviously, obviously the Avengers. Um, weirdly, I'm still looking forward to Fantastic Four, even, even though they've messed it up several times now. Uh, no, I mean, like but, after watching Fantastic Four, like the first one doesn't sound, look too bad now. Yeah, that's true. I quite enjoyed the first one actually. I thought, um, but yeah, I, I I was looking through Phase, well, Phase Five in particular. And the films themselves, I mean, I'm not looking forward hugely to... No, me neither. ...to quite a lot of them. I mean, like, the Marvels, I'm not particularly looking forward to. I mean, I mean I say, Ant-Man and the Wasp would not be my favourite. I didn't didn't like the second one much. So, yeah, there's nothing other, nothing that... Well, I guess maybe Blade, but there's nothing that really leaves out as... Well. This is the one, like, like a Spider-Man No Way Home or something. Mm, that I, it's, yeah. 
is the unfortunate position of being the middle phase, isn't it? It's like phase two back then yeah, with Iron Man two, yeah. Thor two. Those weren't good films either. Uh, so I mean, it, it's just hard because the middle phase is just there to build. Yeah, I don't want to correct you, Zhang, because I know you told listeners not to listen to me. But Iron Man two was in phase one. Was it? Uh, mm. Yeah, don't listen no. to Colin. <laughs> Uh, Iron Man 3 was a good film actually much better than Iron Man 2 uh, there are some notable omissions one of which being no Spider-Man film um, because they haven't sorted themselves out yet I, it would surprise me if we don't get another Spider-Man film before then um, so obviously Tom Holland and Marvel and so you all need to get their act together mm-hmm. But uh, so I think we might see that inserted at some point well I mean by that point right Tom Holland may as well graduate from university by then <laughs> Yeah, in fairness, maybe that'll be in phase six. But yeah, a, a post-university, a post-college uh, Peter Parker. Yeah. Could be interesting. He's getting on. He's getting on. He's Yeah, he's too old. Recast. Yeah, I, do. Um, I don't think we knew before that Bill Murray was going to be in Quantumania. At least I don't remember knowing that. Um, so that's... that's uh, but other than that... There wasn't. I mean, so the, the announcements of the films were the main things, weren't they? And we now know Maria, Maria Bakalova will be voicing. Uh, well, this playing. I assume they mean voicing uh, Cosmo the Space Dog in Guardians Three, which I think we knew before either. Yeah, I didn't realize that until like uh, when I, I was watching the Guardians panel, and I was like, "Why is Maria Bakalova doing that?" And I couldn't make out what Kevin Feige was saying. Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I went and Google it and say, "Oh, she's voicing a dog." Mm. Oh, and um, Modok is going to be in uh, Ant Man Quantumania, which is a surprise. Huh. Like uh, uh, Patton Oswald. I don't think it's that version. So there was a TV series, as you say, Patton Oswald, which um, I didn't watch, I must admit. But um, Modok is a weird, a weird uh, creature. Yes. Basically, just, he's a giant head. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, anyway, that's coming. I, I imagine probably not a major character movie either. Oof. And uh, there was some news that came out after this, but is very much related to this, um, which is that Destin Daniel Cretton, who is the director of Shang-Chi, um, before that directed Short Term 12, which is a fantastic film, um, Brie Larson, kind of big breakout role, uh, and also The Glass Castle, which isn't very good, um, and maybe other things. Uh, he'll be directing The Kang Dynasty. Hmm. So that's a, that's a big promotion for him. It really is. Um, it suggests that Shang-Chi and I would imagine Captain Marvel probably playing big parts. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I said, yeah, you'd expect that. You'd expect to see that. Uh, no word yet on who's directing Secret Wars. I think the Russo brothers said, yeah, we'd love to do Secret Wars before that was announced. But <laughs> I think, uh, that, yeah, that's not happening. They're too busy doing gr- the Grey Man series. Yeah. I, I think it's time to say goodbye to the Russo brothers. You think so? Uh, I just... Is You say that uh, about Taika Waititi. I did say about Taika Waititi. I, yeah, I, I think that's true of him as well. I mean, Well, the, the Russo brothers dealt with the scale really well of the Avengers films, but I think there's so much that Joss Whedon brought to the Avengers films that they, they got lost when the Russos took over, I thought, in terms of uh, the characterization and, and the set pieces I think he brought so much more imagination to his, his um, and so much great more beautiful visuals than they ever did oh uh, wow well, there's no way Joss Whedon's uh, ever coming back anyway so. no, he's not coming back and he didn't deal with the scale very well like he he, he kind of drowned in Age of Ultron yeah. which I, I, I think is I really like it it's one, one of my favourite film one of my favourite uh, Marvel films once you kind of overlook the various issues with it well Age of Ultron um, yeah, it's one I keep coming back to. I think yeah. I've, I've reassessed it over over the years, but, uh, but no, no, I haven't seen it for a while now. So maybe my my judgment is clouded. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I was just I was really disappointed when I first saw it, but then you kind of when you accept it for what it is, I think there's so much great stuff in that, which you, it makes you sad rather than go back to the uh, kind of end game or Infinity War, where you think where, where were these kind of character moments where, where was the interplay you just like it because of the Hulk and Scar- uh, and Black Widow romantic story subplot that is that is certainly a big part of oh why my. I like it but there's there's so much more to it than that I know you but, too well I mean that's very true that's very true but um, I mean I've I've not I've not made a secret of it <laughs> um, <laughs> but no I, think was, I mean I think yeah watch watch Age of Ultron again and uh, yeah. uh, not just use it everyone go, go home <sighs> and watch Age of Ultron again fine fine Do, okay um, 
anything else from San Diego Comic Con? Oh, well, I just want to mention uh, that I saw the Dungeons and Dragons trailer and it okay. looks surprisingly good. See, I thought it looked rubbish. What? But, uh, but other people agree oh, with you. No, no, no. It's awesome. It's a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of dungeons, it's a lot of dragons. Nah, um, well, there was this uh, gelatinous cube. Oh. oh, I love that. There's an owl oh. bear. Uh, lots of references. Oh. So the the gelatinous cube, I believe, is the is the, the kind of the trunk with the tongue, right? No, is that what that is? No, oh, is that something else? That's something else. No, that's a, that's a mimic, is it? Yes. That scared the hell out of me, Dijon. It's a trunk with a tongue, Colin. Oh, it's horrible. Um, now I uh, I was listening to something, and let me see if I I, I don't know D and D, but let me see if I get this right. Uh, one of the characters can turn into into other things yep. and turns into this owl bear, you see? Yep, she's a druid. Mm, but druids can't normally turn into... Uh, what's the word? Not abomination, that's a hawk. Basically, there's uh, apparently there's, they can only turn into natural animals and this is an unnatural animal. And yes. The, the, D, the D&D community is outraged. Of course they are. What's the internet without some outrage? <laughs> uh, I will probably watch it. Partly because some friends of mine are very excited and I'll go with them. And it's also, also by the directors of your favourite uh, film, uh, Game Night. My Game Night, my favourite film. <laughs> yeah, of okay. all time. Of all time. My favourite film of all time. Um, it's a good film. Uh, but I, I am very fascinated and I think admiring of the choices Hugh Grant has made these last few years. I think he's making some fantastic choices. So the thing that is bringing me to it more than anything is Hugh Grant being in it. Ooh. I think if he, if he likes it, it's got a lot going for it because he's he's doing. I'm, I've I've um, been watching a few Hugh Grant films recently, including uh, Extreme Measures, which I which was a, a very which is a good thriller. You'd often see him in a thriller. Uh, but yes, I, I'll, I'll watch D and D. Yay! When's it coming out? Let me. Is, is it later this year? I hope so. I mean, if the trailer's out, because it's not a teaser; it's a full trailer. Yeah, I've got to say, right? This is this summer. No. Um, 3rd of March, 2023. Is it? That was ages. That's so sad. How old would you be then, Zijian? 40? 42? Yeah. (laughs) Very old. Too old. Too old to watch D&D. Yeah. Oh, well. Never mind. Uh, Let's move on, Zijian, to to See or Not to Z, the segment where we talk about films we've recently seen. Uh, We've hinted at what some of them might be uh, and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not. them, Zijian, are you going to grey manners? Yes, I saw the grey man. How do you? How did you see the Grey Man? I I see it by Adam Heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zijian. Uh, have you seen it? Yes. Yep. So the Grey Man is directed by the Russo brothers, and uh, it's a screenplay that's writ- uh, written by Joe Russo uh, alongside Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. It's based on the two thousand novel, two thousand nine novel of the same name by Mark Greaney. Um, it stars Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans as the main protagonist and antagonist, respectively. Um, apparently, Chris Evans originally was considered for the lead role, but he declined it all right. to play the villain. Well, and as we all know, Chris Evans has played a hero multiple times in a lot of the Russo Brothers films, so I get why he wants to be the villain. Yeah, I think he's trying to push away from, from his uh, Captain America status. Uh and that that is of course the the script writing team behind the Avengers films and the Captain America films that the Russo brothers uh, uh, helmed. Mm. It's it's all right, I suppose. I I thought the writing is pretty bad. It's very bland. It's mm. I I found the writing really really bad at parts. Like I hated the whole like you're in my personal space thing. That was just weird. All right. Yeah, I didn't, I I didn't d- like I, that. I didn't. I didn't mind that. Yeah, quite. I found like a lot of it was just felt very. I don't know. Like um, they tried to be funny, but they weren't very good at that. Um, also, I particularly didn't really like the little girl, the actress who played the little girl in the film. I mean, I, oh wow. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. See, she's coming out against children. I know. Of course, yes. I hate children. Um, <laughs> Like there's a very can we can we find her on Twitter? Can we uh, <laughs> can we send send her hate? No, you can't. But okay. I think there's a fine line between endearing and annoying. I think she crossed that way too many times in the film. Unfortunately. Ah, okay. Yeah. So okay. I mean, unfortunately, but I thought Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans were pretty good. Uh, some of the action scenes were pretty good, but I thought that the fight scenes, some of them were definitely there just for style points, really, rather than anything else. You know, 
just yeah. so that it looks good rather than it actually be meaningful. Yeah, for, for a two hundred million dollar film, I think it was cost. Uh, it was so paint by numbers. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so they're, they're both members of a well, a kind of yeah CIA and then a rogue CIA person, and, and they have. I really, I did. I very much enjoyed the tram chase fight. Yeah, that was scene. probably the best fight scene there. Yeah. Um, but everything else was so so like a MacGuffin that's been like it's oh <sighs> he's got the data on all this stuff and he's trying to track it down. Yeah. And it's it's as you say it's got a sequel and it's got a spin off. Anna Damas uh, I like, but she didn't have a huge amount to do in in this. I thought it's, what what she did was fine. And the kid from Bridgerton, Rene something or other, Reggie Paul, John Paul, pa- Page, uh, John Page, yeah, Reggie John Page, yes. yeah. Um, who is uh, who is very big these days? He was he was in it. He was fine. He was very smarmy. He was very smarmy. He was very young to be promoted to. His senior position. There you go. Yeah. They're all, and Chris Evans, of course, had a uh, had a bad guy moustache. It went very. Um, there's spoilers for this, but uh, lethal weapon at the end, where they're like, we we've cornered the bad guy, and we could just shoot him or incapacitate him. Or else, is like, no, I want to have a fist fight with him in uh, a fountain. Uh, it's just weird. Of course, they had to go into the maze. Of course, there was a maze there, right? Of of all, See, when they saw the maze, I thought, oh, sweet, this is gonna be fun. And they just, there's no. <laughs> They just all, they just immediately get to the centre of the maze. Like, here we are. Yeah. I was expecting them to be kind of like chasing each other in a random maze and, and all sorts. He kept telling her, Oh, to be quiet and she just shouts the name, Oh, six, come save me without anything. Like for for a guy who's supposed to be a sociopath and threatening, he wasn't really threatening. Mm. Like, what do you do? Like I mean, yeah. I don't find him incredibly, you know, dangerous in any point of any point in time. And I have to say, if I was engaging in a fist fight, which is a remote possibility, but if I did, I probably wouldn't do it immediately after having three of my fingers blown off. Yeah, I know, right? That seems like a, that seems like a bad time to. <laughs> you know why? You know why I learned in this film as well. If someone has a grenade, you can just throw someone in front of you and you'll survive. Oh, be fine. Fine. Be absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it works. That's how grenades work and explosions work. <laughs> anyway, it's as pleasant a way as I need to spend a couple of hours, I suppose, but it's. Uh, for, the, for the amount of money it costs and the talent involved it's a bit underwhelming wasn't nah, it? you can understand why Netflix is losing money and people and audience members yeah, it, it feels like because I'm sure they have they, as we've talked about this before they've done some amazing films like Marriage Story is fantastic but but when they're like, developing their own they do seem to play it very very safe like what's the what's going to get the most people in according to our spreadsheet uh, I've been watching these on films uh, starring Zoe Deutsch and uh, Dylan O'Brien Mm. Uh, two films starring both of them which both came out this year so various I think COVID related delays and things uh, so the first is called The Outfit it's uh, set in a tailor it stars Mark Rylance as, as a tailor uh, Zoe Deutsch plays his receptionist and Dylan O'Brien is a, is a customer but he's also uh, in an, in the mob effectively and The Outfit is the name of a larger mob organisation uh, Mark Rylance is really good in it he's, he, he tends to be very good uh, in most of what he does the it's, it's all quite stylish, uh, and everyone wears lovely suits. Um, there's lots of twists and turns in this, and I would say probably about three twists too many. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> yes, the, the further it gets, it's like yeah, it's like oh, this wasn't true, and this person wasn't who they pretend to be, and this wasn't. And I think okay, but by the time I've got this far. <laughs> I just, I, you've, you've done too much. It's, it's every diminishing returns every time you reveal a new thing. Uh, so it's a bit of a shame because I thought it's, it's a good cast. Uh, Johnny Flynn was in it as well, uh, and Simon Russell Beale. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a good cast, but uh, yeah, I say too many twists and turns for me. Uh, and the other one just came out today, I think, on Disney Plus. Um, it's called Not Okay, which uh, stars Zoe Deutsch as um, someone who wants to be an influencer. Uh, and she she lies about going to Paris and then there are a, a series of terrorist attacks in Paris so she has to pretend that she was there and she writes this article about how um, she was there and witnessed it and she becomes this kind of social media hero uh, and then it gets discovered that she was lying so she becomes this social media pariah uh, which is a really good setup I think it's a good idea and, and this is, it's a bit of a kind of satirical text if you swipe at Generation Z and, and, and the whole influencer culture and stuff like this which um which tends to land pretty well. Dylan O'Brien plays uh, another influencer called Colin. Is that why you uh, watched so the film? That's why I was first so excited because Dylan O'Brien's cool, isn't he? Dylan O'Brien's cool. 
So he's playing guy called Colin. I was like, here we go. The, the name Colin is suddenly going to be cool for the first time ever. Yeah, of course. Um, in fact, he went by the name Weed Boy Colin because uh, he likes smoking weed. <laughs> uh, Zoe Deutsch is really good. I think I think she's a fantastic actor. Um, done some really good stuff. So she, she's really good in this. Dylan Bryan's funny. Um, I think it's it's surprisingly moving at times. It doesn't always hit the tone consistently. So at times it seems to be quite a broad satire and sometimes it goes for more for emotional beats and things. And um if I were to criticise it, I'd say they hadn't really figured out how they wanted to end it. So there's there's a few obvious ways it could have ended, and they tend they more or less sidestep those, but then kind of didn't really figure out what they wanted to do. Mm. So it just kind of finishes. So uh, of the two of them, I think that they're both quite good. Okay. But both maybe a little disappointing in the ending. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's where I am on uh, Zoe Deutsch. I'd watch yet more Zoe Deutsch, Dylan O'Brien movies if they if they want to re-team. I think they're both very good. Are there any more? No. That's it, right? You've... Uh, nothing in the works, but maybe uh, they seem to get on well. Hmm. They could become the new Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. <laughs> you never know. Oof. Um, let's do. Let's talk about Rafe Spall quickly. Since, since we yeah quickly since we kicked him out last time and we've already spent wow thirty six minutes uh, just to make it harder for you to edit there. Uh, Rafe Spall, an actor that I recently saw on the London stage in To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, Zizan, tell us about the Rafe. Sp- oh, this is our, our segment, Actor Factor, where we talk about the films of a particular actor. Uh, Zizan, tell us about the films you've seen with Rafe Spall. Yeah, surprisingly, quite a few films that I've seen Rafe Spall in. Mm. But I don't remember him being in it. No. Yeah, he's been in a lot. All the Edgar Wright. Uh, he's been in the Cornetto trilogy. Apparently so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which are all great films, and we've spoken to length, uh, in great length before. So I'm not going to talk about that. He was in One Day. Mm. I don't know who he plays in One Day. Yeah, he he played. I think this is one of the few roles I actually did remember him in. Um, he plays a stand-up comedian who's dating Anne Hathaway's character. Uh, oh. But she gets annoyed with him. <laughs> uh, I think he's dating her. He's, he's, he, he certainly wants to. Come because he's not Jim Sturgis. Because he's, he's not Jim Sturgis, and uh, and he tries to be funny all the time. Yeah, no one likes a funny guy. Um, <laughs> and then what? there's uh, Life oh, of no. Life of Pi, who I uh, recall him. He's been yes. he's the writer who tries to jot down the story. Uh, Life Life of Pi is a very odd. Film. We don't really talk about it on this uh, podcast. Um, it's a very odd choice for a film because it was Ang Lee's directorial, second directorial Oscar. Um, oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. He won an Oscar for that know. and Best Cinematography as well. It looks really nice and it's a very much beloved book as well, but mm. I know it just felt a bit flat for me. It was very stylish. I, I saw it in 3D, so it was the opposite of flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he was in Big Shot. I don't recall him in Big Shot. No. But I do recall him in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. What a bad film. Which is easily the worst of my lot. Is it? Yeah, that's me, Dan. What else is there? I don't have anything else left. Did, did you see Men in Black International? No. You uh, want me not to. Yeah, and I was right to do so. Uh, he was in... I don't remember what he did. No, a lot of things I don't remember. He was in X and Y. I thought you'd seen X and Y. X plus Y. The um, About two mathematical prodigies. Uh, I think he is a teacher oh that. yes I have seen X plus Y yes yeah uh, he's also in Just Mercy which ooh I think might have also been Destined Down in Crescent now I think about it uh, but maybe it wasn't I can't remember anyway it's um, Brie Larson Michael J. Fox Michael J. Fox Michael J. Fox um, not Michael J. Fox Michael, uh, Michael B. Jordan, B. Jordan. <laughs> there you go uh, and, and Jamie Fox uh, which was a little bit disappointing considering the uh, the quality of the the actors in it, and I don't remember him being in it. Um, he was in I Give It a Year, which is a bad kind of raunchy romantic comedy in which he plays the lead. Uh, and that's me for for Race Paul. Mm. So he's done minor things in lots of good films. Oh, sorry, also a film called What If, which is a, a decent romantic comedy starring Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan. Mm. Um, so yeah I think we can I mean I think Men in Black International is worse than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom I'll take a word for it (laughs) I'm not going to watch that yeah and the best of those is probably Hot Fuzz it's one of the the Cornetto trilogies really Uh, well not the last one not the last one no one talks about the last one Hot Fuzz fair enough I'm first on the dead but they're both great yeah that's, that's cool Right, next time we're doing Look Back in Oscar, where we talk about an Oscar-winning uh, movie of the past, and it's going to be A Man for All Seasons. Oh, thank time. you for not asking me what it is, because I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, we've discussed this very briefly, but Season's not going to remember. Yes. Um, 
There you go. I recorded it off the TV like two years ago, so I'm finally gonna finally gonna watch it. Which brings us on to our main topics, Ejan. We got there. 2012 in film. Wow. Yep. What a year. Uh, let's skip the bit where I asked you what you were doing. No, no, um, no. This is the best one. <laughs> Season, what were you doing in 2012? I qualified this year. Ah. Okay, you can move on now. Uh, I was living with uh, your friend, my friend, David. No, I cares, uh, Colin. Park for- oh, oh, Dave, sometimes <laughs> listen to these. Um, he'll be delighted to know that we lived. I was watching a lot of a lot more films this year than probably... Uh, we were watching films together this in this kind of time, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Uh, including uh, so let's go through the top 10 highest grossing films of 2012 and you might notice a trend that has uh, that has I think this is the year it really began in earnest uh, but from the bottom Men in Black 3 uh, comfortably the second best Men in Black film yep agreed with that it's not bad I've not seen it again bit of time travel um, it's not bad. It's not bad. Will Smith. Will Smith broke his silence today about uh, about the Oscars to uh, to launch an apology. Anyway, uh, The Hunger Games comes at number nine. I think it was a really good film with diminishing returns in the series. I didn't realize it was ten years ago. I could have sworn it was much yeah later than not later than that, like earlier than that, earlier than that. Yeah, it feels it just feels uh, 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 We've only, we've only had ten years of Jennifer Lawrence being a being Can't an uber seven. star, yeah. Because before that, she'd done X Men and uh, and she'd been Oscar nominated for Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, this is also the I've not seen it. The House at the End of the Street came out. This is like this low budget rubbish horror movie that had been sitting on the shelf for ages that Jennifer Lawrence starred in. So it felt so weird to see her in all these kind of like Oscar winning and much loved films, and then like seeing an advert for this terrible horror movie. <laughs> Uh, Madagascar 3 apparently yep I've not seen that no uh, I've not seen any other Madagascar films apart from the first one which I thought was quite funny at parts but uh, nope I saw it on a plane uh, the first one I've not seen any of those either um, The Amazing Spider-Man Andrew Garfield Emma Stone it had a lot going for it but they didn't really land it did they no but that's probably why there's just so much things going on that's film. why it got canned. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Although obviously it was lovely to see Andrew Garfield back last year. Um, the Twilight Saga: Colon Breaking Dawn Dash Part Two. <laughs> yeah, this was a point when you know they 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 enjoyed making the last book into two films. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yes, it was a bit big. It was a big time for that. I mean, I had to say again, Part Two is definitely better than Part One. Obviously, because if you break a, story, a book down into two parts, the first part is always going to be a letdown compared to the second part, because it's going to be in the build-up, you know, to the climax of part two. But uh, I say that as I've only seen the last fifteen minutes of this film. Right. Yeah. I, I have not seen any minutes of any Twilight film, apart from clips, I suppose. Anna Kendrick's in it. Anna Kendrick is in it. It's not enough, Sejan. It's not enough. Oh dear. Um. I, I'm always surprised every time we do this to learn uh, afresh just how popular Ice Age is. Uh, Ice Age Four was the fifth. <laughs> I mean, if you if you'd asked me, like before doing this, like which grossed more, Ice Age Four or The Hunger Games, or Ice Age Four or the last Twilight film, or Ice Age Four or The Amazing Spider-Man, I'd be I would be amazed to discover that Ice Age Four finished above all of those. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? I mean, parents with kids have money. Yeah, I've not seen this film either. <laughs> no, um, the first Hobbit movie comes in at four, uh, which is bad and long. Very disappointing. What were they thinking? And I, I to this day, still not watched uh, any of the other two Hobbit movies. Mm. Speaking of splitting books into multiple films, yeah. Uh, in at number three is The Dark Knight Rises, uh, which is a good film. I think disappointing. Pointing compared to Dark Knight, maybe, but uh, still got a lot going for it. Yeah, uh, Hathaway uh, is a very good uh, Catwoman. Uh, Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it struggled at the end. I think uh, more, not many people like the ending of it. Uh, yeah, but I enjoyed it. It's definitely not as good as the Dark Knight, though. So no, it's the worst of the trilogy, isn't it? And I think uh, maybe symptomatic of Christopher Nolan going off the boil after that uh, yeah that, that is when he first uh, you know finding out that he likes not letting the audience hear what he wants people to say <laughs> oh goodness me 
<laughs> yep, that's exactly um, what Ben says. <laughs> Uh, number two, Skyfall. Uh, James Bond has never been bigger. It's first ever Oscar, I think, for the, uh, the Skyfall, uh, the song, which is now commonplace for every James Bond film to get best song Oscar, but um, never happened before, I don't think. It's also commonplace in all X Factor shows and such. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, good movie. Gets a little bit uh, home alone at the end. Oh, I like I that. Just, I remember this. I, I, at least I remember this film, you know. Like, all the James Bond go, films yes. blur into one. Tend to blur Fair into enough. one. But I do remember Skyfall. <laughs> I do. I have to say, I was surprised at the time, and I still am surprised by how much it was loved, considering it's cons- nowhere near as good as Casino Royale, in my view. But there you go. It's a good time. Uh, and top of the top of the pile, uh, top of the bill. Unsurprisingly. Uh, unsurprisingly, Avengers Assemble, as we know, as we know over here, or the Avengers... Um, as it's known elsewhere. Uh, still, for me, the best Marvel film. And uh, really, I say, when we've looked at this before, I think this is the first year where you can really see the superhero thing becoming the behemoth it became. I mean, obviously, superhero films were already big business, but yeah, we've got uh, three superhero films in the top ten, and this one's comfortably at the top end. This is uh, this is what really made the MCU must what yeah for sure i can't remember whether i watched this review colin i i think i have uh, yeah i think i saw it twice i, I saw it three times yeah. so oh, uh so i contributed that. 30 pounds to the 1.5 billion they've made um, mm. i saw it once in 2d once in 3d uh fantastic film really good we've talked about it a lot as you say 1.5 billion which these days it's peanuts yeah i mean an ant-man could get that kind of money uh that's the top 10 let's talk uh oscars and oscar nominations um i'll run through them and then uh, jump in when you want to talk about stuff but uh, argo you have you have you did we do it for we did, Lock Lock Oscar Oscar Oscar. We did argo, yes. yeah. yeah great film uh, really great really film. good really great film ben affleck on a high and famously not nominated for best director which he did win the bafta for it though mm. uh les mis my favorite film uh of the year i've which means they must have been released in different years in this country because Avengers Assemble was definitely my favourite film of the year that came out. So that makes me think that uh, these are American dates rather than British dates. It has to be. Well, um, I remember I watched Les Mis back in Malaysia. So it's definitely I watched right. it in December time. But things come out in Malaysia faster than the UK yeah, sometimes as well. I think, yeah, I think that came out in early 2013 in, in this country. But we'll go and buy whatever dates Wikipedia tells us. So um, uh, I, think, I think this is fantastic. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is on top form. Um and I love those songs and I listened to the soundtrack to death after that. Mm. The movie soundtrack or the Broadway recording? Yeah, uh, movie. Ah, yeah. nice. Uh, Life of Pi, which we've just talked about. Yep. Um, Lincoln, which won Daniel Day-Lewis one of his Oscars and we might be talking about in the quiz. Oh no, no the quiz only is, the no- is only the noughties, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I've only seen this one. I remember enjoying it well, I remember being very impressed by it and then thinking, I'm probably never going to watch this again, though. And that's how it's panned out so far. This is back in the period where Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in everything. Yeah, he was. He was very popular. Uh, I was just going through the list. I've only seen one, two, three, four of the Best Picture nominees. I, I can't remember which ones are in the... Uh, if I, I, Have I missed any you've, you've seen? Uh, no, keep going on. Uh, so no. uh, you've uh, the Silver Linings Playbook as well. Yeah, uh, another one that announced Jennifer Lawrence and she won the Oscar for this. Mm. Good film. Um, very very good film. Robert De Niro was Oscar nominated as well. I thought he was better than he's been for years in that. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Not seen that. Which I, I have seen uh, only the last, I think sort of last year maybe, maybe two years ago. Uh, which is quite quite grim watching. It's all, all about uh, interrogation. Have you in the, well, I mean, it's all about the... Um, uh, the, the the assassination of Osama bin Laden, but uh, but also you kind of yeah you do see people being tortured and you see all these kind of more dubious things happening. Um, nice. Uh, the Master, a film I absolutely hated, uh, which is not. It's about a made-up religious cult thing, but basically a Scientology. Okay. Under under a different name, uh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, um, the late. Great, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix and Amy Adams. A very good cast, but I thought it was a terrible film. Uh, the Impossible, um, a young Tom Holland being blown away, uh, being washed away by a tsunami. Yep, uh, very, very young Tom Holland. 
Brave. What a weird film Brave is. It is. Um, and that just goes to show that the animated feature films for that year wasn't of top quality, really. That it won the, it won the Oscar for Best uh, Animation. Mm. Um, yeah. Over the head of um, the pirates in an adventure with scientists. Yeah. Which, is, which was a lot of fun. And indeed, uh, when I was talking about Hugh Grant uh, doing some exciting films in recent years, I'm stretching all the way back to this, where he was a voice in this. Um, one thing that tells me, Zijian, that our American friends are, are, are way behind us as a civilization um, is that they renamed this the Pirates Band of Misfits. <laughs> what a terrible title. The Pirates and Adventure of Scientists is a great title. Ah, dear. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, not, not one of their best. It was fine. Not one of the best. Paranorman, Frank and Wee. I've not seen any of them either. So mm. there you go. Like It was a great year for animation, so I rather uh, not mention much of it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Anna Karenina, which... Uh, I thought I had a great supporting cast but not a great lead um, Hitchcock which was fine but forgettable and Snow White and the Huntsman a film I keep talking about on for some podcast. reason actually I always talk about the, the sequel it's like why did they make why did they make it anyway uh, what I thought was interesting is that the technical categories tend to get be a lot of the same films that were in the uh, the other categories which is maybe uh, un- unusual in the other ones we've looked at because usually we'd like have all these great films being nominated in the in the main categories, and then you get whatever the the latest blockbuster is being nominated for sound editing, maybe um, whether or not it was actually a good film. Hmm. Um, whereas this time, a lot of the same ones come up um, in those. He's well. complaining about Dune. Come on, <laughs> like it's been like six months, Colin. I, I I wasn't referring to Dune, no, but I was thinking, things like Suicide Squad got an Oscar, didn't it, for uh, something like for the first one. Hmm. Um, whereas this one, it was things yeah, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, Life of Pi. Argo, I think, cropped up in, in maybe not Argo, cropped up in some of these um, categories. Any, any other Oscar nominated things you want to talk no about? No Oscar nominations, but just some other great films that appear in the year that was won Oscar nomination. 21 Jump Street came out that year. Great, great film. film. Great film. Uh, Carrie in the Woods, I know you've not seen it, but it's a great horror satire film. I love it still. Even though I'm not a big horror fan, but it's really great. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to uh, it. End of Watch. Very good film. Uh, great film. Yeah, I, th- I watched that on your recommendation. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's incredible. So it also, has Anna, also has Anna Kendrick in it. Yeah, it does. It's the speech perfect. Yeah, which um, I'll be honest, I, when we look at these other films, I'm quite often surprised by the ones that aren't in the top 10. And I, Pitch Perfect 2, I think, did a lot better at the box office, if I remember rightly. Um, but I, would have, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Pitch Perfect towards the bottom of that top 10. Mm. But I, d- I don't know how well it did. Maybe it was more of a word of mouth DVD I think I don't know. Uh, Chronicle came out this year a fantastic film uh, about three high schoolers who, who get superpowers directed by Josh Trank uh, starring Dane DeHaan Michael B. Jordan and a third person <laughs> I can't remember, can't remember who that guy poor guy yeah sorry man uh, Looper which people don't talk about much these no, days no it was supposed to be groundbreaking etc but it wasn't really. I don't think the execution was really done really well. I mean, no, it frustrated me. I think it had so many good things going for it, but it didn't quite. If it, yeah, just the logic of it. Yeah. But a very good again. Jason Gordon-Levitt again, and he was fantastic. In Emily this. Blunt is in it as well. Emily Blunt, Bruce Willis, yeah. um, was was good in it as well. Yeah, it's um, it's good but frustrating. Yes, I think. Uh, Tom Cruise had two films out this year. He had uh, Rock of Ages, which uh, he was very much playing against type as this uh, drug and drink addled uh, famous rock singer. I enjoy Rock of uh, Ages. Me too. Me too. I think it's a laugh. Uh, and again, that, that was the other soundtrack I bought and played a lot, actually. Yeah. Oh, that was a good soundtrack. Uh, and Jack Reacher, um, a film that annoys Jack Reacher fans because Jack Reacher is supposed to be this huge guy and Tom Cruise is not. Uh, I thought it was all right. It's certainly better than the sequel. Which again was fine. Uh, I th- I th- it's more, it's like more brutal more than than he sometimes is in his action films. You kind of you can feel the bone, the bones breaking. But I thought it was a pretty good film. Mm. No, I think that's it for me. I think this is one of the better years uh, of cinema, really, all things considered. Yeah, I say I was watching a lot more this year. So there's a lot of films that uh, I've seen that I in previous years I wouldn't have bothered watching, and and if yeah, that I wouldn't have I wouldn't go back and necessarily watch. I don't know, the five-year engagement or something, which I saw at the cinema, I think. Um, I've got a few more here to talk about. So I know we're running low on time, but quickly, I, I thought I would have thought you might have mentioned the perks of being a wallflower. Oh, yeah, I saw it. that. Uh, yeah, 
I, I enjoy that uh, young uh, Emma Watson, Ezra Miller before they become weird. Uh, Emily Blunt. Oh no, sorry, sorry, uh, Emma Watson. Sorry, I'm looking at the next. I'm looking at the next film on my list. Emily Blunt is not in Perks of Being a Wallflower. No, she's she's in Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, which is my next film on the list. Even Carry on, sorry. Sorry, carry on. I've not uh, seen someone fishing book. in the Yemen. That's pretty good. <laughs> not as good as the book. Uh, yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower, I, I, I remember enjoying. Uh, Dread came out this year. Carl Urban. Uh, I didn't like it myself, but a lot of people rave about it and kind of wish there was a Dread sequel. Uh, a terrible romantic comedy called This Means War. Reese Witherspoon and Tom Hardy and Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Yeah. Uh, after that, Tom Hardy said he'd never do a romantic comedy ever again. And he never had. He never has, I don't think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Cloud Atlas. You're a fan of Cloud Atlas? I am a big fan of Cloud Atlas. I, I saw mm. this with my brother. It's one of the books that we both loved uh, from mm. David Mitchell. Um, I know it's got panned by a lot of critics and... I think it's justifiably so as well. Some of the uh, the criticisms about it, but uh, if I enjoyed the book so much that it never bothered me. Yeah, I don't think it got panned. I think some people hated it. Some people absolutely loved it. So, mm. and again, Hugh Grant stru- really stretching himself um, in that one. Uh, I'll mention Ruby Sparks just because uh, uh, it's going to come on. To, the quiz is going to refer back to this, so I need to have a reason. Can <laughs> I come out this year? Uh, and I also saw the film Arbitrage, which I only watched because I had an actuarial title. I don't wow. really remember anything about it. Richard Gere was in it. Well, I do. That's been a decent year of film, honestly. Yeah, it was a good year. It was a good year. I mean, there's some terrible. I saw, I saw The Expendables too. So there were some bad films that year. But yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that year. Exactly. A lot of good stuff. Uh, which moves us on then to the quiz, CJM, where your lead is still strong for the year, and you have suggested uh, Spielberg films of the Northeast. That's correct. Uh, of which there are seven or so, was it? Yes, that's correct. Um, take us away, Dean. What is a minority report? A minority report is when one of or, or one or two of the precogs, rather than all three of the precogs, uh, say that a crime is going to happen. Yep, that's correct. I, uh, I've not done a huge amount of research because I, I feel like I know most of these films relatively well. I think so, so too. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see if that's true. Um this is uh, not true of all of them, though. Uh, okay, this is my question one. Um, which is the only Spielberg film of the noughties for which he wrote the screenplay? Uh, that would be AI Artificial Intelligence. Correct. Because that's one of my questions as well. All right. Um, I should just get over and done with now. <laughs> question two. In which of Spielberg's films did he also write a screenplay? Which is his yeah. first writing credit since Portuguese in 1982. Oh, a bit more, bit more extra information. Uh, that was AI Artificial Intelligence. There you go. Um, in which airport is Victor Nowowski stuck in the film The Terminal? The Terminal. Yeah, JFK International. Correct. Guess, do, do I feel that we've written the same question? Yep. Guess what my question three is? <laughs> in which airport is the terminal set in? Uh, that would be JFK International. Yay! Wow. Uh, let's see if we can keep going. This. Um, what is the name of the book by George Jonas that Munich is based on? Oh no, that I didn't know. Okay. <sighs> Uh, I, I I don't I can't even hazard a guess. Uh, it's probably like the Olympics or something. Munich Olympics. That's called. Uh, it's called Vengeance. Oh yeah, I won't get that. Uh, that is an easy one for you as well. In Catch Me If You Can, um, Leo portrayed Frank Abagnale, who famously posed as a, as a pilot of which airway airline? Yeah. I think that was Pan Am. It's Pan Am. Yeah. Uh, here's another. Here's a question from the same film. Um, what superhero alter ego does Frank Abagnale, uh, which I think is actually Abagnale, Abagnale anyway, yeah. uh, use as an alias in Catch Me If You Can? Ooh. For some reason, I keep thinking Aquaman, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, Barry Allen. Oh, yes. I forgot. I have seen that film. Well, you've got this anyway, so question, to see if you get 5 for 5. Oh, yeah. In which of Spielberg's films did Morgan Freeman provide the opening and closing narration? Oh, I read this. Uh, I think it might be War of the Worlds. That's correct. Five or five. Five or five. Well, let's see if you can make it to three out of five uh, by telling me uh, which Peter Jackson film beat War of the Worlds in all of its oscar nominated categories. Oh, what year is this? Oh no! Mm, that, that would be a key, uh, yeah. key thing to know. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. <sighs> I mean, like, there's there's a thing because World of Worlds 
wasn't nominated for many categories, so it must be quite easy to beat. <laughs> I'm going to start with the Lord of the Rings, colon. Okay, okay. Which one is it? Uh, I think it's quite early, so I'm going to go with uh, Fellowship of the Ring. It's King Kong. Ah, nice. You could have, have stopped me there earlier. <laughs> I could have done, but I was I was having too much fun. Uh, there you go. I, I closed the gap a little bit. Um, next time, Zijan, we are quizzing on the films written by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Farris. Uh, people I must confess I've, I've never... Not written by. Directed by. Uh, I must confess I've not heard of them uh, before, but they uh, directed Ruby Sparks, which is why I you mentioned it briefly. I think they've only done four films, I think. Oh, uh, easy then, which, good. Uh, so it's not too much to, to look on. I've only... I've seen three of them and I will maybe endeavour to watch the fourth before next time but we shall see. What is our main topic Zijan for next time? Oh, we haven't done this for six months now. Mm, more than that. Yeah, yeah. It's the much awaited, the most yes. liked uh, pod- yes. <laughs> and most requested po- podcast um, films beginning with the letter and this time it's brought to you by the letter I. Letter I, I look forward to it and we will see you then. Bye.